The player recaps continue this time with Terry Rozier. What did we think about him in somewhat of a different role this year? We'll talk about that today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. As always, we're free and available anywhere you get your pods. And that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's Doug Branson. You can find the Substack Every Hornets Box Score on his website, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And I'm Walker Mail. I'm on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Terry Rozier, Doug, he's the one on the docket for today. Terry Rozier, somebody that has been... He's been completing uh, he's completed four years now with Charlotte. I was looking at his reference page. It's weird to see four completed seasons. doesn't seem like it's that long ago since Kimba was traded. And then Terry Rozier was involved in a sign-in trade. And everybody at that time destroyed the, oh, you're going to try to convince us that you got something in return for Kimba Walker. And even if you don't love Terry Rozier, the fact of the matter is you actually did get something in return. And it turned into a second contract that was worth $20 million, more than $20 million every single season. Now, Charlotte is trying, looks like, to shed that here, Doug. But overall, Terry has been a pretty important player for what the Hornets have tried to accomplish. They've had to lean on him quite a bit, but still a polarizing player. Overall, what did you make of his season? Not having LaMelo Ball in the backcourt all that much. Well, yeah, they especially had to lean on him this season because LaMelo wasn't there, and they had to lean on him in a very different way than they leaned on him in years past because, you know, he's always going to touch the ball a lot, but I think they've leaned on him for clutch shooting, for just offensive prowess overall, you know, putting the ball in the cup kind of situation for Terry. But this season, you know, he had to up his distribution game, and he did so. Um, I mean, he set career highs for himself in assists, uh, and assist percentage, and he did he did so without turning the basketball over a ton. Um, he had I think he had a career low in turnover percentage this season as well. So he was an effective passer, but it came at the expense of his offense. You know I, I think that was the biggest storyline for Terry Rozier this season is that he did have to shift roles, and that role shift came at a pretty significant cost to his overall offensive efficiency. And it goes into the big storyline for the Hornets offense this season, which is that the guys that touched the ball the most were some of the least efficient offensive players on the team. And that's a recipe for, you know, one of the worst offenses in the NBA, which is what the Hornets featured uh, for most of the season. Uh, The other storyline for me is that uh, we didn't really get to see some of the transformations that Terry Rozier had promised at the beginning of the season. I think that had to do with the role shift, but he came into media day talking about wanting to take ownership of his defensive effort. I'm sure the past two play-in debacles were stinging him a little bit, and he wanted an opportunity to avenge those. He didn't get any of those opportunities. And so now, you know, we kind of have to wait and see if he's part of, you know, the Hornets' future and if he will get an opportunity to avenge any of those losses. 
Yeah, there's a couple of numbers that I don't want to get too lost in the numbers here, but a, a couple that show up to me. You mentioned the turnover percentage. It, it was up from last year, actually, but it was his right at his average with the usage percentage being more than it ever has by actually a pretty decent amount. It was right at 26.9, and the usage percentage each of the last three years were about 24, 23. And so the usage went way up. Not surprised at all because Lamella was out so much and the turnover percentage was fine enough. What's interesting to me, too, is the volume of three pointers that was still the same for Terry and just like total volume. But the three point attempt rate, that's lower than any other year here in Charlotte and the percentage. So so the three point attempt rate was lower. The three point percentage was lower. He was a lot worse from the corner this season, still taking close to 30% of his threes from the corner. So just so many different categories went against him this season. I think one, because when you, this, this whole team, right, this whole roster and what they experienced this year, that all I think is a good example of when you play for a bad team, your numbers are likely to suffer too. And I think Terry Rozier, I think the shooting numbers are are the most indicative, right? Because th- this guy had proven he's a good shooter already. You give me three straight seasons of good volume, shooting over 37%. He's proven already he's a good shooter. But, man, it did not come this year. The, the clutch stats, you know, where he was always – I mean, we had a conversation last season whether he was the most clutch player in the NBA because he had been doing it for a couple of seasons in a row – And then that was nowhere to be found this year. Not a whole lot of clutch moments. So just different situation for Terry. And this is somebody that is making a lot of money. I don't think he should be your second highest paid player on a team that is looking to win a playoff uh, playoff series. I, I don't think that should be the, the route that the Hornets take. I know that they had been rumored to shop him. I don't think they could find anybody that would agree to take on that kind of contract for Terry. We know it's not a great fit defensively with LaMelo. And while we can appreciate some of the stuff that Terry has to bear, it's just not the smartest thing for the team moving forward, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I see your point if you're talking on the contract, if you're talking about the context of, you know, wanting to build a roster that can compete in the playoffs and and ultimately compete for a championship. I understand that. But at the same time, you have, I think, gotten your money's worth in terms of what Terry Rozier has been able to produce on the floor, unlike some of the other big contracts that this team has handed out. I'm thinking, of course, of Nick Batum and Gordon Hayward. You're at least getting mostly available player who touches the ball a lot and does have a positive to very positive impact on at least one end of the floor offensively. Yes, defensively, um, you're, you're, you have some issues there. But at least on one end of the floor, you're getting a lot of production for the amount of money that you spent. Yeah, and I know that's the LeBron stat that we just looked at yesterday. I would like the, the contract, you did absolutely get your money's worth the first contract. But remember, right, he agreed to the extension. He still had to play out his first. And so the first year of his new contract was this season. And I think that's a lot more debatable. But he did have a lot to bear. And at the the thing is, like, you know, I just wonder if the Hornets, how hard they're going to try to move him because the reports were all there that they did at the deadline. And if they're going to be successful in moving him, right? Is there a team that does look at, okay, he's making 21, 23, 24, 26, all the way up until 2025, 26. Where does he fit on our roster as we tried to win a playoff series as well? Or is this going to be just a salary dump? I, that, that's that's what happens with these situations, right? The, the value is so wide ranging. 
I don't know if a team is going to value and, and can Terry play well in the first half at the deadline to where, okay, he's shooting 40% from three. Things change so drastically in the NBA. Well, all of a sudden, now Terry is a valuable commodity for a championship or some kind of conference finals hopeful team where now it's valuable to have Terry on your roster. It just it can change like week to week, Doug, with, with Terry's value coming into next season. It'll be interesting to see how Charlotte operates with him. I would still argue uh, that you got your money's worth this season because he did change roles. He, he didn't complain about it. He still was able to produce in some of your biggest wins of the season. I mean, you go down the line, the win that they had in March against New York, that game they should not have won. Uh, That was a big game for Terry Rozier. 38 minutes, 25 points, five rebounds, seven assists. I mean, he's all over the floor doing all kinds of things. The win against Miami, that 108-103 win, um, he didn't shoot very well, uh, but he was still a factor in that game. Went against Minnesota. Um, he was a big factor in that game. Atlanta, same thing. I mean, he had the clutch, the clutch shots all over the place in that game against Atlanta that they won. Uh, he tortured Atlanta this season. In fact, uh, several of those wins, a lot of that was Terry Rozier. So, you know, yeah, I, I mean, mean I, th- I think you still got your money's worth. Yeah, sure. Like I and I, I get that. That's. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Oh, and that like blowout the, win against Milwaukee—that was also a big. Uh, that was also a big Terry game. Thirty-nine that, points the, against Milwaukee in that big blowout. So the, I mean, yeah, yes, Milwaukee. like overall, he was not very efficient. But but I would also argue that if they had some better talent and everybody wasn't injured, if Terry, you know, if if Lamelo goes out, okay, and everybody else stays healthy, I wonder hmm. what those Terry numbers start to look like at that point. Because then you got a few guys, you got a few more guys to pass to. You got a functional offense. That's the thing. Terry was not only was Terry handed the team, you know, and said, "All right, you, now you have to go and distribute and make things happen for this team because Lamelo's not here." Oh, also, everybody else is injured too. So you know, go and try to make that work. Sure. Like you know, I, I know I sound like I'm making excuses, but at the same time, yeah. you have to look at reality here. Oh uh, no, I yeah, and I'm I high. I understand. Yeah, you you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, well, because here's here's why I'm hot. Here's why I'm hot. Okay. Because look, I think we all know what the weaknesses and the strengths of Terry Rozier are. That's but I also sorry. think that we get a little too down into the numbers sometimes, and we forget that this dude goes out. He's a warrior, man. He goes out and produces. He he sweats like he works hard, and he works hard in the off season. And he comes in and he, he gives you hard. everything he's got. And that's gotta you gotta be able to put a dollar amount on having that. Now you want to supplement that with with some other talent, but you gotta put a dollar figure on a guy that's gonna come in and give you his all every night. Offensively, no, and that's just well, how that's, it is, yeah. right? Like that that you know, fine. Like no, and I'm with you. Like I. Terry, it's wide ranging, you know, and the fact of the matter is like he showed up big in the 20, some of the 27 wins that they had over teams that are play inbound. Like, you know, that's just the thing that the, the whole talent is almost my argument as well. I just the, the second highest paid player like that's what's tough. You know, I know you are talking about all you want is a playoff series win. I don't know how much that can happen with him being the second highest paid. Now we're going to see what happens with Miles, right? Like and, and Terry even being second highest paid. There are ways around it, especially if your younger players aren't ready for their second contract and they're better still, right? So Lamelo not making as much money as Terry, but Lamelo is obviously better. That's a Miles good thing. Bridges. No, no, it is good. The rookie scale contract, hell yeah, I'll take that any day. 
And then Miles I mean, Bridges. Not great, not great for the rookies who are playing awesome. I'm sorry, sorry to you guys, but it's great right. for team building. Yeah, anyway. I, I just look. You know, it is all to say that Charlotte is looking to move off of him for a pretty significant reason right now. Like one year after they gave him the extension and the injuries. Those were bad last year. That's going to make anybody hurt. It's exactly why I provided the example of if you play for a bad team, your number is going to take that hit, right? It's not like I've just been trashing Terry the whole time. I talked about his shooting suffering because of the different role he had to play. But I look at the future and I see Terry Rozier off of it. That it, Everything that happened last year pointed that direction to me. Everything I see as far as the way that this team does need to build, LaMelo is your, is your point guard. If Terry and LaMelo can't exist defensively on the floor at the same time and Terry's making 25 mil, then what are we doing? Right? Like we're just going to keep them and I, and just not, well, I, I wish we thing. would have gotten, I wish we would have gotten more of a sample size to, to get some more evidence of that not occurring. Cause you know, well, we had I, I think, I think Rozier had every intention bad. of proving that wrong. And and things just went screwy this season. Anyway, but 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 last year it was bad too, though, right? Like this. That's, is a, no, that's we, what I'm saying. Dude. We didn't get. We didn't get. I don't think we got enough of a sample size in this previous season to really make that determination before things went topsy turvy. All right. Yeah. So let's continue this conversation going into the next break, um, and then maybe even later. Let's do this later. All right. Let's go back because I did want to get to <laughs> Need the some coach. time to cool off. Go to our corners. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm good. I did not realize the Terry stuff. Like, because you've talked about this stuff too. I feel like it's the messenger here that is saying it, and now it's like, wait, I've said this stuff. I just got to defend my guy. I mean, this is a tough season, and I feel like some of these guys need defending. <laughs> All right, coming up next, not Terry Rozier on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Now we know that Terry Rozier. It's a little bit interesting to see whether he'll be on the roster. What about the head coach, Steve Clifford? There are some names to be interested in, possibly, if you are Mitch Kupchak to go after as your new head coach. We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. It is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more than that. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference you can get images of your seat too before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps then you're set tickets are sent directly to your phone as well so you never have to dig through your uh, through your email snag the tickets without the stress of game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nba for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nba for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're all back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I used to be a FanDuel baseball fiend. That was back in the day. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, more Locked On Hornets coming up next. 
Doug, we had an interesting conversation on WFNZ yesterday, and I believe you put this out on the YouTube channel as well, this question that people can go visit, and uh, you can still vote on it, I believe, if you want to. The question was whether you would want to inquire about Nick Nurse or not. The head coach used to be the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, who won a championship in his first year with Toronto that coincided with the only year that Kawhi Leonard played with Toronto. But hey, Kawhi, Nick Nurse, they got the job done. He got the job in Toronto after they decided to fire Dwayne Casey, winning coach of the year that same season. Mm -hmm. Nick Nurse steps in, and then they decide to trade DeMar DeRozan, get Kawhi Leonard, and of course, again, that's how they win the championship. So he was 227 and 163 in five seasons as Toronto's head coach. They went 500 this year people had high hopes for him that that's the thing it's the expectations if you don't deliver on them then there's always a shot you can get fired i mean even you know you probably have to be one of the best coaches in the nba in order to stay safe if you do not live up to expectations i know the message apparently was not well received as it continued to go on i know you were reading about this too doug what did you see about nick nurse and why he was let go by toronto walker you know me and people that listen, the everydayers that listen to this show every single day, they know me. They know mm. me enough to know that I love a couple of things in this world. One of them is a coach that can get 50 wins, the big 5-0, get 50 wins in an NBA regular season, and how I'm dying to have a head coach that can accomplish that feat again for the Charlotte Hornets, and, and that would be you know, a, a Nick Nurse. But I'm troubled by a couple of things. One... You know, after winning a championship in Toronto, no, no, Kawhi Leonard, but in Toronto, a place that's, you know, I'm sure wants to see another championship. But I mean, to get one championship in a place like Toronto would be similar to getting one here. It would just be like that. This person should have a statue built for them. This person should have the sort of Greg Popovich treatment for life. They're the coach for life. They want us a championship, wow. and yet here we are. Nick Nurse fired. So my so one of the things that troubles me is what went wrong. And according to this athletic reporting by Shams Charania and Eric Kareen, what went wrong is that, you know, they're blaming Nick Nurse for some of the culture issues in Toronto. And and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, was quoted saying after the season that he got used to the coach's criticism coming out in the media before Nurse would tell them in person. And Masai Ujiri basically I don't know, I mean, coming out maybe directly or insinuating that, look, there's a culture problem here, and that's why we decided to make this move. So that's that right there is a little troubling. I don't know what you think about that. No, you never like to hear that the players and the coach didn't get along, especially if the whole idea and the theory of this conversation, this segment, is the question, do you move on from Steve Clifford if Nick Nurse is on the table? Because Nick Nurse has a championship. Because he was viewed as this X's and O's mastermind. But you also have to realize, as Nod would preach quite a bit, this is a human business as well, right? This is a people business. And do you take care of the people part well enough? Now, we can go to the athletic players poll. And we saw that Steve Clifford was both on the coach you'd most like to play for list and the coach you'd least like to play for list. I feel like in a weird way, that could be a good thing because he is so honest. He's going to tell people, well, don't exactly... Uh, I'm not exactly thrilled with your production. You're not going to be coaching. I'm sure that person wouldn't love it. But if he is thrilled with you, he's going to tell you. And it does look like he's brutally honest. It seems like yeah. the Nick Nurse reporting 
that's not so much. And so, okay, like it's almost the Terry Rozier conversation, right? Like for me, I appreciate Terry a ton, but man, get me hot again. No, I'm just telling you because Steve Clifford is, is awesome. (laughs) Love Steve Clifford. This season, you talk about all the excuses, right? All the injuries. You'd like to see that experiment with Steve Clifford having LaMelo Ball on the floor. You'd like to see him and Terry coinciding with one another, how they are supposed to fit. You know, you'd like to see the full experiment work, but you didn't have all of the pieces because of injuries. So, okay, but we've seen Steve before. Here's Mm -hmm. Nick Nurse, a guy that has won 50 games, has won a championship, but also has these problems. So, like, you tell me what to do with that because I, I, I think that's tough. Well, I think the reason why Clifford is polarizing is because he builds, he comes in, he cleans things up, he builds a good culture. He does that through honest evaluation, through direct criticisms that are not in the media. He is very careful. We pointed that out multiple times. He had a chance to go after LaMelo Ball for a couple of situations, and he, he leaves players' names, for the most part, out of the media. Very and, and honest. He, and he, to his and he players, keeps yeah. those things in house, and that's important to maintaining that that culture. Okay, he, it, it's it's the the line you have to walk is you want to hold players accountable, and, and you sometimes need to do that publicly, but you don't want to do it where guys get called out and and egos get bruised, uh, especially in this era where players are feeling more power to move on to certain situations uh, when they don't like their current situation. Okay. So I think he's polarizing, though, because the culture comes in, he builds a good culture, but then they don't win. Like Charlotte didn't win, Orlando didn't win, and when you don't win, and then that honesty starts to feel a little grating, <laughs> you know, after you know you miss the playoffs or you get blown out in the play-in or whatever, um, or you get 4 0 out of the playoffs in the first round, then that stuff starts to wear thin, okay? So that's the Clifford thing. Uh, but back to Nick Nurse, I wanted to read some of the comments from this post where, uh, again, fans voted – uh, 61% wanted to go after Nick Nurse as opposed to Steve Clifford, 430 votes on this. But I want to read some uh, qu- uh, comments here. Carl says, I don't think Nick Nurse or any coach for that matter could have done that much better with the amount of injuries we've had this season. Uh, let's see, Al saying, I think Nurse and Clifford are a lot more similar than people think, especially when it comes to rotation and minutes. Because of that, I think I'd want to give Clifford one more year. So um, Al there, you know, wanting essentially for stability. And and I think that would be one of my arguments too, of staying with Clifford in this situation is that we, we, I think the, the franchise should prioritize stability for LaMelo balls growth. As long as that relationship is good, as long as LaMelo and Steve Clifford continue to see eye to eye changing coaches year after year, I don't think is great for any star player. Now you might have another star coming in. So maybe that voids this argument a little bit. If a Wimby or somebody else comes in, Um, but and I think that's interesting, Walker. Like, if they get the number one pick and it's Wimby, you know, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, as a as a organization, do you look at it and go, okay, maybe we were going to stick with Clifford, but now, you know, maybe we need to go to Wimby's camp, or maybe we need to figure out w- what our situation is because all of a sudden, this plan of competing may have accelerated. Well, all we do is transfer file segment content from James Borrego to Steve Clifford in that situation. The question that was surrounding Borrego was, could he be the guy that Brett Brown wasn't? Could he be Mm -hmm. the guy that not only had the rebuilding team, but also took them to the promised land of winning a playoff series? So the rebuild, if you get your Wimby, you have LaMelo, it starts immediately trying to get back to the postseason. And again, Miles Bridges is always another thing you have to consider when having that conversation. Or do you just want to go after the guy that was able to have a championship in his first season, albeit with a heroic performance from Kawhi Leonard when he was actually playing 
consecutive playoff games. And so that is a huge deal. Now, I wonder about the relationship stuff with Nick Nurse, if that actually deters you more because you already have something good in place relationship-wise with your star player in LaMelo Ball. Do you want to get rid of the guy that LaMelo likes and then go after Nick Nurse, who players reportedly didn't love, or at least some, I don't know about all of them, Gary Trent Jr. seems to be one. Do you want to go ahead and play that game and possibly lose? That that would be scary to me. I, I think, too, as far as the bringing a young star in, is there is there anybody that is going to be a better teacher as far as some of the fundamentals, the good old fat, it's so boring, I, I even said it, but defensively, right? You talk about culture. Is Steve Clifford the best guy to teach some of that stuff to your young players? And and I think, you know, yeah, I think Steve Clifford might be the guy that you just stick around with. Okay. So here's where I'm landing on this in terms of my opinion, because there is one other factor we haven't talked about, and that's, you know, we can talk all day long about it, would Nick Nurse be a good fit? Is it a better fit than Clifford? Mm. Yada, 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 you know, championship experience versus a guy that can't get out of the first round. All that, all that's great. But the Hornets tried to move on from James Borrego. They tried to bring in Kenny Atkinson. They couldn't seal the deal. This organization couldn't even hire the coach they wanted to hire. That coach walked away from the job after verbally agreeing to it. So my thing is, if the Hornets don't have that number one pick, they don't have that sort of anchor, that attractive thing that could convince a guy like Nurse to take this job over another job, then I think you got to stay with Clifford. Because I don't trust this organization to go out and seal the deal with a Nick Nurse-level candidate unless they have something that is so juicy, so valuable, that a coach is just like attracted to it like a like a fly to one of those fly catchers when they go... Like, that's what it's got to be. You know what I'm saying? You know, the fly. You when flies gone to the fly. A su- I, I thought you were going to go to something different with the Hornets blanky season and then fly attracted to blank. And that's what no, I, thought I didn't want to go B with, into but, that. You know, the B yeah. into the because no, that's not what we're, we're not trying to get. We're not trying to get a B to go into it and kill the B. We're trying to make the B live. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> if you're following me, that if they get the number one pick, then I would be OK with this organization pursuing a bigger name. The, especially a name that has 150 wins. I always come back to that. It's like, okay, fine. You know, maybe a couple of players didn't like him, but look, baby, he did it twice. He not only won 50 games in one season, he did it twice. And that's super attractive to me. So if they get the number one pick, I think they can explore it. But otherwise, you got to stick with Cliff. I, I like your meme coming to life of the guy pointing to his temple and saying, if you don't go after a coach, you can't be turned down. And that's the whole reason for you think not moving on it. from Steve Clifford. I will. I will think about it. And you know what? I think I like well, it. And team right, sale, you know, team sales, the, the other, the last factor sure. here, team sale, anything goes, I, I think it would be a guarantee that if they sold the team to another group that they're going to look, uh, especially if they got, you know, one or two in the draft, then they're going to look for another coach. All right, let's get to the last segment. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Just briefly, wanted to look at the history of Mitch Kupchak actually hiring coaches, not only what he's done in Charlotte, but what he did during his Lakers tenure. And then we're going back. We're going back to the Terry Rozier conversation. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy app where you can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available, and they offer projections on any sport you watch that includes the nba the nfl the mlb men's and women's college basketball 
WNBA, soccer, esports. There's so many other sports. Please just go check it out because there's so many. I'd be here all day if I listed every single sport they offer projections on. Plus, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and even Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, they give you 100. If you deposit 50, they give you 50. Do not forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit uh, deposit match up to $100 with prize picks. All right, one more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. All right, Doug, just real quickly on the coaches front, I did want to go through Mitch Kupchak's history as an executive and look at all of the coaches he's hired because there, there are a decent amount and perhaps more than you would think considering the first 10, 11 years consisted of Phil Jackson, really, except for the one year that he took a break. So Mitch Kupchak takes control in 2000. He hires, you know, he inherits Phil Jackson. You're, you know, Phil Jackson, easy choice. You're going to keep him, yada, yada, you know that. Rudy Tomjanovich is the guy in between Phil's break. Then Phil comes back, you know, wins the championship again, second Kobe stint. And then you have Mike Brown, who you hire. So like big names with the Lakers. So Mike Brown is your coach. But it doesn't last very long. Mike Brown is only a coach for one full season. And then remember the next year after five games with Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, they're one and four. Mike Brown is immediately gone. So mm-hmm. they fire him immediately. Okay. Cause you're not about to lose with that squad. Mike D'Antoni eventually takes over after you have some interim guys like Bernie Bickerstaff. He goes there and then it's D'Antoni who they hire. Um, well, 40 in this year, but That's yes, fine. 50 wins with D'Antoni. And then D'Antoni, the next season, 50 losses. They went 27 and 55, <laughs> and then they move on. Um, after Mike D'Antoni, it's Byron Scott for two years. And then after Byron oh, Scott, it's Luke Walton. Oh, so, what a name. So, so look, it's Mike Brown and D'Antoni are interesting because D'Antoni had his success with the Rockets. We know Mike Brown is currently having some success with Sacramento, right? Luke Walton, you know, might have been the worst coach in the NBA, even when he got a second stint at this thing with Sacramento, oddly enough. And then Byron Scott, it just didn't work out at all either. Some of that is the Lakers family thing. So it's it's not like the, the only thing to do is to say that it's not a glowing history of Mitch Kupchak making the decision on who some of these head coaches are going to be for his organization. Now, how much do you hold that against him? Because it's a fair question. Well, and and how much would he have the final say in that? It, it felt like through that coaching process that there there was a little bit of outside. Well, you have Kobe. Kobe changes the calculus. Well, I mean, I mean in Charlotte, I'm, I'm saying last season in the in the Kenny Atkinson deal, I just felt like there was it felt like there was a little bit of all hands on deck to make this decision, as opposed to just a solely Mitch Kupchak decision yeah um, uh, yeah with steve clifford that makes sense because of michael's relationship so for sure so yeah that is a fair question you know going back to mitch Kupchak, moving on from steve we've already had that conversation you have one other point well i'll just say this like i i hope that they commit to clifford if only because it will save us from the mark jackson stands that will come out of the internet woodwork and and parade in our comments it's the weirdest stand group I think on NBA internet is the folks that want Mark Jackson hired for every single coaching position that opens up. It is, it's super weird. 
Um, yeah, that they hold a place in the Mount Rushmore YouTube comment stand Hall of Fame for sure. They're they're right up there. All right, Doug. So so I I'm gonna I'm gonna play the the male role in the notebook, and I'm gonna ask you to tell me what you want when it comes to Terry Rozier being on this team long term because we've had these conversations before. Was it the timing that I had for the criticism of Terry's play, thinking it might be better to move on? What do you want? You have to tell me what you want with Terry Rozier, his contract moving forward. You tell me. What do I What do I want the team to do with the contract? What do I yes. want Terry Rozier Terry, to do with this contract? Do you want him on the roster? Do you want him on the roster? Do you want to trade him? You know, what, what, is, what is your best feeling for this team moving forward? And even Terry, if you want to take care of Terry Rozier as well. Yeah, I think long term, you know, I don't I don't think that the Rozier ball backcourt as evidenced by the past couple of seasons is going to work, but I'm open to the idea of Rozier with everyone healthy. I'm open to the idea of him improving his defense because I think he has the at 29 tool. at 29. Well, that's but, but but to me it's not it's not something that's outside of his range. It's just something he's chosen not to prioritize. And it felt like coming into this season that he was going to prioritize it more. And I think things took a left turn. That's what I'm arguing here, that in another universe where everyone stays healthy, we might be talking about how Rozier lifted his game defensively in a way we haven't seen. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, so so I guess I would want that to occur if he's going to stay with the team. I'm open to the team looking to move off the contract. I just don't know how realistic that is because I honestly right. can't believe they couldn't find a buyer at the deadline with with, you know, I know Rozier was struggling at the time, but I think teams can look past that and understand what kind of weapon he can be. And there were teams out there, including the Los Angeles Lakers that, who are doing fine now, but then needed offense. And, and you couldn't get anyone to bite on it. And so I, I just question whether you're really going to get anyone to bite on it unless there are significant improvements in the statistics across the board and in the two-way play. And look, they're, they're going to uh, most likely make an addition with Miles Bridges. You're hoping that, you know, again, some time with Mark Williams, a legitimate center, can improve some of the defensive issues that they have apart from what's happening up top. You know, it's going to help. Those things kind of work in tandem. If your guards are letting everyone by and mm -hmm. you have no one down low, you know, that's going to expose the, the defense in a, in a very special way. <laughs> so hopefully all of those things kind of come together because, look, Terry is somebody that can produce at a high level offensively. Like we call him scary Terry for a reason. That that's a thing. Like he, he shows up big time in the, the middle of the fourth quarter and late in yeah. games. And, and you need, look, when you're talking about all the things you need to win in a playoff series, you, you do need guys that can commit on the defensive end of the floor. That's absolutely true. Look at what's happening across the NBA playoffs right now. It is a completely different game. The score, some of the scores are lower. Uh, look at what's happening to Cleveland. Some of these teams that were built for regular season winning are collapsing in the playoffs right now. And but but you but you also need guys that can knock down big shots, can get their own shot. The scary shuffle, the move that the move that he makes to get open <laughs> in the corner, that's a big time playoff type move. And and so I think you need those guys too. So if the right offer were to come, I would totally be open. I see all of your points, Walker. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say that Terry Rozier is not valuable to, to an NBA team. That's just absurd. Oh, yeah, he, he, he makes that. impacts all over the floor. And I, think he's, I, I do think he has some leadership qualities as well.
Oh no, and I don't know. And hold on, I did not. And I'm say tired of you. To- I'm tired of you yeah. lambasting this guy. I'm tired Lamb- of you, you know, besmirching the good name of Scary Terry Rosier. Here, here's my final thoughts on Terry because I don't want to besmirch him. I, I quit besmirching. The, the 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 first half of that first segment was me praising Terry for what he was post Kimba Walker when everybody bleeped on the move, not getting anything in return. Yeah, absolutely did get something in return. Put your finger down. You already gave your Terry soliloquy. I want less besmirching on this show, and I want more believing. Less besmirching, more believing. Did you 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 needed to interrupt me for that? You needed to you were on the verge to interrupt me because you wanted to bring that up. The thing about the Terry stuff, the leadership qualities, I think are there in a lot of regular season action as well. I wish it'd show up in the play-in when we talk about Terry Rogier. <laughs> Damn it, I was all- hoping you would forget about that. That's the <laughs> When, when we have Terry, that's but, the but check. The, that's the checkmate argument, and I was hoping that you wouldn't remember it. Well, but no, th- do you want this? Is my biggest problem with Terry. This is my number one biggest problem. Okay. Is when Terry Rozier talks the last three years, and Doug, you've covered this team a lot as well. You yeah. know that Terry goes to the podium each of the last three seasons and talks about how we need to bring it on defense, and then he himself doesn't bring it up on defense. I was hoping this would be the but, year that he actually lived up to it. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Like, I, I want it too, right? Because the clutch stats, I, I literally sat on this pod and said he was the most clutch player in basketball I, whenever, you know, it was two years in a row, right? Usually the math heads will like, and, and deservedly so, just like usually the right math is to say, oh, it's going to come down this season. But Terry did it two years in a row. It's like, okay, this guy is just legit scary Terry in those times except play in except he goes to the podium and then he says we need to amp it up on defense and then he's not good ever and so that's the problem and so anyway so yeah like clearly though valuable clearly has had a lot of offensive responsibility and this is a year if you want to throw out the stats i'm cool with that like it it was it was awful i would like 